Yo, this is Pastor Tito, and welcome to the Revolutionary Podcast, where I'm here to help you find Jesus and follow him. be able to bring to you guys, and I felt compelled as well through prayer, is going to be prayer. And so we're going to focus for 2023, we're going to focus on praying. And now that seems like a really long sermon topic, but the thing is, guys, that prayer is considered to be one of the most powerful things that believers and Christians ought to do. And it's actually one of the most neglected practices from every believer. I'm serious. Like, that's kind of crazy. It's so simple and so easy, we think, ah, it doesn't matter. But prayer is one of the most essential things. I mean, it's a natural thing. Let's just be honest, right? I mean, if you associate, if you associate different, or you think about different practices, religious practices, no matter what the religion, you tend to think prayer, right? Prayer is a habit that most people you know, any people that claim to have some kind of faith, right? Even those who are not, if you think about it, those who don't have any faith whatsoever, they pray too. Like it, it's like we're all, it's like built into us. It's very natural for us to pray to something. And if you don't pray to a God, what do we see people praying to the universe and praying to this and praying to that? It's such a natural thing to call out and to be able to speak like that. But again, I want us to understand this one thing this year. This is why we're going to slow cook this topic all year is because it is one of the most, if not the most powerful thing that a believer can do. And yet, it is the most neglected practice. And so my prayer is that, that we stop that. My prayer is that we change that this year with us. Now, what's amazing too is also the coincidence. Prayer has been a major theme in the news this last week, especially if you watch sports. So anyone familiar uh, with the uh, football player um, Hamlin? He's the, the DB that got hurt last week, uh, I believe Monday Night Football. Um, for those of you that don't know, he got uh, hit in the chest. His heart stopped. Dude died on the field, and they had to resuscitate him back to life. And uh, it's amazing, you know, he was out for like nine minutes, and they were able to restore his, uh, you know, restore him back to life. And uh, praise God that he's now breathing on his own. For those of you that don't know, and people have been praying for him. He actually, um, the first thing he said when he woke up was, "Did we win?" Like I was like, "What?" I thought that was kind of funny, but um, but I was curious. I was looking up for something this week because. Everyone has been praying. You've seen post after post. Even we have commentators, news anchors, people on TV praying. When they never, those are not shows that you see people praying. And the people who prayed, yo, they prayed. That was, it was amazing to be able to see those moments. And, and, and it was, and no one, I heard no negative, very little, if anything. No, have you? Because when tragedy strikes, what tends to be criticized most? Thoughts and prayers, right? You know that one, right? When something bad happens, you know, we tweet, we share, yo, thoughts and prayers towards that country that just experienced that. Thoughts and prayers to that town. Thoughts and prayers to this person. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. And when that happens, oh my gosh, you better turn the comments off on your whatever you post because people just come at you, right? Have you ever seen that? Keep your mother, yeah, call, you know, keep, I mean, they go off. Keep your thoughts and prayers, you know, because when people think that, oh, praying means I'm not trying. I'm like, oh, you know, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. I'm not giving you money. I'm not, I'm, thoughts and prayers. Now, I get it. 
because any of us have ever been guilty of this. You've ever talked to somebody and they were telling you, oh yeah, this is going on in my life. This is going on. This is going on. And instead of you at that moment saying, well, hey, how might I pray for you right now? How many of you have ever said, wow, you know what? Don't worry. I'm going to pray for you. And don't. <laughs> have you ever done that? Hey, I'll pray for, I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for you. Nope. No, I'm not. All right. Like now maybe we mean well, but how many of those have we said and we forgot, right? God remembers all those. Thank you, Jesus, that you forgive us, right? But guys, see, the, the thing is, is that I never noticed. And I, I was looking and I've been looking online, Twitter, school, everything. I haven't seen any negative criticisms to everybody calling for prayer for this one man. I don't know. That, that was weird for me. That was interesting. And then yesterday, I don't know if you saw in the football game, the, um, the Jaguars played the Titans. And was it at the, to start the game? They, the teams gathered together to start the game and they all kneeled and prayed before the game started. What is going on? That's awesome. Because one thing that we see not only in the Bible, but we also see in uh, history is that when God's people pray, God pops off every single time. When God's people pray, God shows up. And so that's an interesting one. Now, some of you, maybe you don't pray often for a lot of different reasons. Maybe you're too busy, I know. But you can't be too busy to do this. That's kind of the goal we're going to see here. Maybe some of you guys don't pray because you've prayed and God doesn't answer your prayers. And so you gave up. It's useless. Listen, the, I don't have time to go into detail, but, but the Bible actually has many reasons and gives answers. These are reasons why God does not answer prayers. One, number one, God doesn't answer prayers that we don't pray. That sounds super ironic and sounds common sense, but actually the book of James says, God doesn't answer prayers because you don't even bother praying. So how is he going to answer a question you don't ask? Interesting, right? So sometimes God doesn't answer prayers because we don't ask. James also says another reason why you don't, God doesn't answer your prayers is because you're selfish. Like if God answered all of your prayers and all your prayers were about you, he would reinforce your bratty attitude. All right, and so sometimes God does, God does not answer selfish prayers that only benefit you. He's gonna, he's, no. Another one is this. God does not answer prayers that are according to his will. Now that one's a tough one because sometimes you and I may pray for good things that we think are important. God, how could you not, how could this not be your will? This is a good thing and it might be. And yet God doesn't answer. And see, sometimes there's, and, and it's hard for us to understand the will of God. The Bible says one day, God says, listen, one day you'll see. That's kind of, that almost sounds like a parent to a kid, right? Listen, you're not going to understand this until one day, but you will. Isn't, don't, aren't parents, don't we do that? Have you ever, when you grow up, when you grew up, you realize, oh, that's what my mom was saying. I get it now. That's, we're going to have that old aha moment one day in heaven. But God doesn't answer prayers that are not according to his will. Listen to this one. God doesn't answer prayers if you have unforgiveness. And, and, un, and you're unrepentant in your heart. Guys, there's a verse. Jesus says one time, if you want to worship God and you want to get to know him, but if you have something, you got beef with your brother, you got something, you know, some situation with somebody else, leave your offering, go back and rectify it, fix it, come back, and now we could talk. So sometimes God says, listen, listen, guys, I want you to know you cannot love God and not love people. To love God is to love people. Now, not, no, 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 no. 
We're not perfect at that, but that's, you can't separate the two. So even Peter one time, God shows Peter, and we see it in the book. He says, husbands, know that God does not answer your prayers if you mis- mistreat your wife. Now, all the fellows are like, thank you, because now my wife's going to memorize that Bible verse, right? And so like that one, all the ladies, yeah, I know you're going to have that, mem- that one's already memorized. I don't need to say it again. It's already been burned in your brain, because now you got that one locked and loaded. And they're like, hey, watch out how you talk to me, or else God's not going to listen to you, right? And so, but that's true, though. That's a true statement. God will not hear your prayers if you mistreat somebody. If you mistreat those. See, that's, that's another reason why God doesn't answer prayers. And here's another one. God sometimes doesn't answer prayers if he's already answered them. There's a lot of things, guys, that we pray for, but because we are ignorant of his word, we are ignorant of who he is, and we are praying for things that he's already given. You know? And you got to think like that. that and, and, and just because we're ignorant, like, for example, strength. I've, I've done this before. Lord Jesus, give me strength. Well, as a believer, we, I, I have to remember that the, whole, the almighty Holy Spirit of the living God dwells within me. So do I have that strength already? Yes. So maybe a better, wiser prayer is, Lord, help me to rely on your strength that you have given me by your grace. You see what I'm talking about? Do you see the difference? One is ignorant of the fact of who God is. And so the other one is not. Now, another one, maybe you've just said, well, listen, man, I don't believe in prayer. I don't do it. Prayer doesn't work. I humbly and lovingly would have to say, no, you don't understand how prayer works, okay? Your argument may be, well, prayer doesn't work. I'm like saying, no, you just don't know how it works. And if you do, you'll see. And so what we're going to do today is we're actually going to look at Jesus. And Jesus had a lot to say about prayer. And so we're going to slow cook over the next, from here to Easter, we're going to do nothing but look at how Jesus taught about prayer. And we're going to study actual prayers that Jesus prayed before, uh, you know, the Last Supper in the garden before he was arrested and prayers he prayed on the cross. So that's going to be our focus. We're going to look at Jesus. And today we're going to see how Jesus taught others, listen, how not to pray before he taught them how to pray. Like a good teacher. Listen, I've taught for over 10 years in many different things. And good teachers know, right? Good teachers know that you don't just give a positive example. You sometimes have to give a negative example. So that way sometimes people learn, no, not like this, like this, not this, like this. And so that's exactly what Jesus did. So let's go ahead and we're going to look at that. So let's go and turn. um, We're going to have it online for everybody. We have it for you. Let's turn to Luke chapter 11, verse 1. We're only going to read one little verse right now. And so the first thing we're going to look at today is this. We're going to look at the practice of prayer. All right. So if you got your notes, that's the first one. We're going to look at the practice of prayer. All right. And now we find this in Luke chapter 1, verse 1. It says, he, meaning Jesus, he was praying in a, say it with me, in a certain place. In a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples to pray. Now, what I love about that is, guys, Jesus had a lot of disciples, but only one had the guts to ask a question. When I was a teacher, I would always tell people, listen, you know, have you ever heard of the question, there's no such thing as stupid questions? You ever heard of that one? There's no such thing as stupid questions. I'm sorry. There are stupid questions, okay? Let's just be real. There are stupid questions, but this is what I would say all the time in school. There are stupid questions, and if you say a dumb one, I'm going to call you out on it. But what's stupid is not asking questions. You hear me? What's dumb is not asking questions because if you don't understand and you don't ask a question, you're not going to know. 
So I am sure that all of these disciples, everybody wanted to know, man, how does this guy pray? How does this guy, I mean, they saw it, that prayer marked Jesus. I mean, Jesus was a man of prayer. John the Baptist was a man of prayer. Guys, the church from the early on was a, a praying church. Last year, we talked about the book of Acts, and in Acts 2.42, it said, they devoted themselves to preaching, to fellowship, doing life together, breaking bread, and prayer. The church only did four things. That's all they did. They did four things. And next, verse 43, it says, and they were in awe of what God did. Guys, if you want us to be in awe of, I want to be in awe more and more of what God is doing. So we got to make sure we're doing the fundamentals. Are we committed to studying his word, which we're doing now? Are we committed to fellowshipping, which we kind of we're doing now? You know, breaking bread, doing life together. That, that happens after this. And are we committed to prayer? And we'll see God do. I said that. And so I love the fact that this one man asked that question. And let me ask you a question, guys. If you had an opportunity to ask Jesus how to do something, think about that. Lord, how would you, how did you, what? How did you walk on water? Yo, yo, I, I, you know, I, I kind of want to show off to my friends. How'd you walk on water? How did you do this, right? How did you turn water into wine? Listen, some of y'all would want to know that for selfish reasons, okay? No, no. <laughs> well, how did you, Lord, take a, a, the little boy's lunch and multiply to feed, feed 10,000? Some of y'all cheap behinds want to do that too, right? No, 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 that's for you. No, I know, hey, it'd be great. And with inflation and everything, it'd be nice to be able to multiply some chicken nuggets and whatnot every once in a while, right? With how things expensive they are. But no, we only have one recorded question that Jesus' disciples asked. They only asked him, how do you do this? How do you do? Only one recorded question. And what did they ask? Out of all things that Jesus could do, they asked him what? How do you pray? They recognized, they recognized the power of prayer and how important it was. Listen, listen, if Jesus can only teach me to do one thing, I hope he teaches me to pray. Guys, that's my prayer for me and for you. Lord, can you really teach us to pray more? Like I said, maybe we know and we think we know, but can you really teach us more how to pray? So here's the thing. So when it comes to the practice of prayer, guys, we saw that Jesus was pre pre praying sorry, in a specific place. Now, the specific place, we don't know what it is, but it tells us that he was very intentional, right? Jesus had a rhythm. He had an intentionality to his prayer. It was not just praying right before bed or praying in the morning or praying before we eat, which are all fine. Maybe that's when you pray and that's okay. But he was intentional about it. And actually, when you read the Bible, guys, we see examples after examples of when Jesus prayed. Jesus would pray before making big decisions. Jesus would pray after some like great result, like a miracle or something great would happen. He would pray, praise God. He would pray in pain. He would pray when he was dealing with problems. That's when you and I tend to normally pray, right? When things are going bad, we tend to pray. That's an easy one. But Jesus would regularly pray when things were going good. Not just during the bad. Jesus prayed when it came to spiritual warfare, when he was being tempted by the devil. He prayed. And you know what? Here's the best one. He would sometimes pray just because. Just because. I just want to pray just because. He would pray when he was tired. He would pray at the beginning of the day. He would pray at the end of a day. He would pray to give thanks. He would pray for others. And he actually prayed for the faith of others to be strengthened. We see that with Peter one time. Jesus walks up to Peter and says, listen, Peter, just so you know, the devil is talking to me. He's asking to sift you. He's asking to get you. Peter's like, what'd you, what'd you say? What'd you say? 
Jesus says, look, I'm praying for you, and walks off. He's <laughs> like, wait, what? And I was like, that's it? That's all you can do? Just, But yeah, see, if Jesus said, I'm praying for you, and he did, not like when it was, I'm praying for you, and you don't. Jesus did. And that says a lot about, listen, the devil's coming after you. What's the one thing you better be doing? Praying. Really? That's enough? Oh, it's more than enough. You just don't realize it. And so that's amazing. Praying, you got to pray in certain places, and it's important. Some of you guys maybe have prayer closets that you do, right? That's an important one. If, some of y'all actually pray in your closet. No shame, okay? That's fine if you want to do that, all right? But it's important to have, be intentional with our prayers. So not only are we supposed to pray in certain places, we are also called to pray in Jesus' name. Think about that, guys. Don't we end, have you ever heard a prayer end in this way? And we pray in what? Jesus' name. What does that mean? Why do we do that? Have you ever asked and wondered, why do we end our prayers with, in Jesus' name, amen, which amen is an, is, is an ancient word that just means truth. I believe this to be true. That's what amen means, all right? In Jesus' name, we pray in Jesus' name, not because it's magic, not because it's a mantra like, I want this, I do this, in Jesus' name, specto patronus, amen, okay? It doesn't work like that, all right? We, it, it doesn't work like a special little thingy, right? It's not a magic formula. It's not a mantra. To pray in Jesus' name, listen, I now maybe some of you guys say that mindlessly without paying attention. When you say, I pray in Jesus' name, you are know you're saying, Lord, I am praying by grace through faith in Christ. I pray in Jesus' name. And to pray in Jesus' name means you trust in Jesus. It means, Lord, I pray all these things, but I pray it in your name. That you answer it however you think, however you know it needs to be answered, not the way I think and expect. Do you guys see that? In Jesus' name doesn't move God. It should move you. You see that? It moves you. And we are called to pray in Jesus' name as in that way. And by the way, do you guys know Jesus is still praying? Fun fact. Hebrews, the Bible in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 4, it actually says that Jesus right now is standing between, uh, in front of the Father, interceding for us. Jesus right now, out of all things that Jesus can be doing, he is literally praying. He is in heaven praying for us to be faithful, to strengthen us in the faith. The, our, that's why we need to understand who Jesus is, what those prayers are, so we can be saying, amen, amen, amen to all those things, because it matters. Jesus prays. So we're supposed to pray in Jesus' name, but we're also supposed to pray in the Spirit. Scripture says, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Now, there's some people who would say that to pray in the Spirit means to pray in tongues. Now, I'm going to say this. That is too narrow of a definition. That's too small. To pray in the Spirit is not just to do that. Like, that, like the epitome, the highlight of praying in the Spirit is to pray in, in a word or a phrase in a language that you don't understand. That's not it. All right? And that's not all of it. It could be. But that's not even, that's a piece of it. To pray in the Spirit. And you got to remember, who is the Holy Spirit? I'm talking to believers now. Scripture constantly says the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. The God's word, which is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The Holy Spirit, guys, the, the Holy Scriptures that we are reading are inspired by the Holy Spirit. You cannot separate Scripture and Spirit. You can't, 
Okay? And so to pray in the Spirit is to pray according to the truth, according to the revelation of God. To pray in the Spirit is to pray this thing, is to pray to that. And to pray in the Spirit is not only to pray in God's wisdom, not yours, it's to pray in the, in the Spirit's power, not your own. That's what it means to pray in the Spirit. Like I'm praying in Jesus' name by the Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is helping me to pray. It is the Spirit of the living God that is in me. That is why I am able to pray to God. And that He can hear me. And so we all pray. Even though you don't, have, you don't have to say, I pray in Jesus and in the Spirit. You don't have to say it. But you have to know that's what's happening if you're a believer. We pray in the Spirit. Oh, and by the way, you guys know what the Holy Spirit does too? Hebrews 4, Jesus is interceding and praying for us. Guess what the Holy Spirit is doing? Romans 8. He's praying for us too. Actually, I love this verse. If you want to check out Romans 8, Paul actually says, listen, sometimes it's hard to pray. And I was like, amen, Paul, thank you. All right? I'm sure I'm not the only one who had some awkward silence moments when you pray with God sometimes. You ever been, you've had, you know, one of those conversations. You're talking to somebody. I was like, hey, so, hey, how you doing? Good, man. Well, how about you? All right. What's your name? What's your name? Okay. Nice weather, right? Yeah, crazy. Cold. All right, good talk, all right? You ever, you ever had one of those awkward conversations with a person, right? And you're just there, like, just dying inside, like you just want to run? Have you ever had that feeling with God? So you're like, all right, Heavenly Father, I got nothing, <laughs> okay? I got nothing. You ever had one of those moments? It's good if you have. It's okay. Even Paul said, listen, sometimes it's just, it's hard to pray because sometimes we just don't know how to say what we want to say to God, right? We don't know how to put words to it. We don't know. It's like we're feeling this and it's, uh, uh, right? You, you know, you know, like you have those things. And he actually says this, it's hard to pray, but know that the Holy Spirit is inside praying perfect prayers for you. Do you guys listen? If you're a believer in Christ Jesus, not only does God forgive you of your sins, but he fills you with his spirit. And the Holy Spirit of the living God knows you better than you know yourself. The problem is that you and I don't, sometimes it's hard to know how to pray because we don't even understand the circumstances according to where they are. And so, but you know who does? The Holy Spirit of the living God in us. And so not only do we got Jesus in heaven interceding for us, we got the Holy Spirit in us interceding and praying for us too. And dude is just lofting up perfect prayers, perfect prayers, perfect prayers for us because he knows our true need. He knows God's will. He knows our circumstance. And so the Holy Spirit is praying for us. Jesus is praying for us. So if these two got it, then why should we even bother? Have you thought about that? If Jesus is praying for me and the Holy Spirit is praying for me, why do I got to pray? We're going to talk about that in a minute, why your participation matters. But I love that encouragement to know that the Holy Spirit prays for you because you need to know, you know what you can do? If you don't know what to pray, well, hey, start reading God's word and then you find something and let turn the Bible into prayers. And sometimes I do this. Do you guys ever pause to pray? You should. Sometimes I don't know and I've, I've prayed for something. I'm like, Lord... Holy Spirit, can you help me pray? And then I just, just pause, try to focus, tend to meditate on who God is, right? Maybe a word. And sometimes something comes out. Maybe it's a person, an image pops up or, or a person. And I'm not saying that's always God that does it. That's just my conscience. That's just me. I can't really tell the difference between, is that me or is that God? Don't sweat it. But hey, if somebody just pops in your brain, just do it, right? Who cares if it's you? Who cares if the Holy Spirit? You can't. Just do it. Pray for that person. Pray for this. Pray for that. If you don't know, just wait. 
Think. Let your mind calm down. You may be shocked at what shows up. So we're supposed to, this is when it comes to the practice of prayer, guys. You and I are supposed to be intentional with our prayers. And we need to understand that we pray in Jesus' name and we pray in the Spirit. But now let's look at another verse. So in Hebrews, I'm sorry, in the book of Matthew, Jesus has a similar situation. And so here we're going to look at the posture of prayer. The posture of prayer is the posture of our heart, okay? And now here Jesus actually gives, he criticizes two types of prayers that you and I are all guilty of doing. I tend, I've, I've done it. I guarantee you, you've done it. And if you're doing it now, congratulations, you're going to learn how to pray by, first off, you're going to have to feel a little, you know, feel a little crunchy for a minute realizing, I've been doing it wrong this whole time. <laughs> okay. But hey, now we're going to fix that. So let's look. Let's read Matthew chapter 5, just verses 5 and 6. So this is, again, um, Jesus is now teaching on something. And he goes and launches into teaching on prayer. And so he says, whenever you pray, whenever you pray, you must not. So guys, that is a huge thing there. So Jesus is giving an, an, a non-example. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to stand or they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, amen, I tell you. That's what he says. Amen, I tell you. Truly, I tell you. They have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. All right, let's look at that. So the first prayer, guys, that Jesus criticizes is hypocritical prayers, okay? The first type of prayer that Jesus does is hypocritical prayers. That's what he says here. So let's look at this. What does that mean? Now, does it mean that uh, praying in public is a bad thing? No. Uh, Maria prayed in public earlier today, right? We're all called to pray in public. That's always a fun game that I, I ain't gonna lie. Let me just kind of be a little honest here. I love playing um, the, ha, you pray right now kind of a game. As a pastor, I, I actually, for kicks and giggles, you know, we get in a little circle and then we're like, all right, let's go and pray. All right, you, you pray. Man, it's like I just asked somebody to hold their breath for 30 minutes. Like literally, they all like, what, me, no, huh, what, no, they, I, you, I guarantee you, even though maybe you, you don't want to pray, you are silently praying, Lord, rapture right now. Just take me. Take me. Let the ground open up. Swallow me now in Jesus' name. <laughs> you know, Holy Spirit, whatever. Just start throwing. Now you're praying, right? Now you're really praying. Listen, guys. Look, when it comes to praying, praying in public is necessary. It is important. Jesus is not criticizing public praying. He's criticizing the posture of these individuals who pray publicly. And what is their posture? They're hypocritical. But not, why are they hypocritical? Because they're praying these lofty prayers about the glory of God and the glory of God. But yet whose glory are they really trying to seek? Their own. Interesting when Jesus says they love to be seen. They love to be seen. If you only pray when you're in public and you don't pray when you're in private, stop. Okay? You need to stop that and start the other. Okay? They love to be seen. Are these prayers prayed <clears throat> out of a love for God? No. They love themselves too much. They, th that's, that's the problem here. They love themselves too much. So look at how Jesus 
compares and contrasts. These people like to be seen, but no, when you pray, go to secret. They want to be seen. That's the only time they really pray, and they don't even mean it. Your prayer should be prioritized in secret. Now, why in secret? Meaning, guys, listen, if I'm praying in secret, do you know when I'm praying? No. And that's the point. Listen, these guys want to be seen. So here he's saying, listen, you should pray. And who cares if someone knows you're praying or not? It doesn't matter. That's the heart of it, right? It doesn't mean you have to find some little hole, dark closet, shut the door, literally. I know some people do that. And it's fine if you do, if that helps you. But to shut the door is to notice again the image. He likes saying, forget being seen. God sees you. That's what matters. Your father sees you. And so you don't want to be seen. When you pray, we ought to have moments in which we get away with God and shut the door to the world and shut the door emotionally, mentally to our distractions, our work, and we just focus on God for those few minutes. That's what that means is to put the priority on him. Now notice you guys see that Jesus used the word, if you pray like this, you're going to get your reward. If you pray like this, you're also going to get a reward. If you pray publicly to be seen, he says, truly, truly, I tell you, they've already got the reward. What is their reward? The love of man. The applause and admiration and worship of mankind. If you want to pray like that, all right, that's the prize you're going to give. I'm telling you now, you play stupid games, you get, you, you get stupid prizes. That's dumb. To be able to settle for the love of men. When instead you can go pray. And he says, your father, when you pray in this way, your father will, we will reward you. How does our father reward us? By answering our prayers? Nope. He is the answer to your prayers. He rewards you with his love and affection and affirmation. Do you see that? So what are you going to get, guys? Which reward do you want? You know, it's like if you're hungry, what do you want? Moldy crumbs... Or a filet mignon with all, the, with all the seasonings and the sides and all that stuff. It's not a comparison. So we are supposed to pray in a way to say, Lord, you are my great reward. I don't do this for others. I do this for you. You see the difference there? So number one, guys, if you pray for selfish reasons, like there's a, there's a style of praying that you, you pray in public because you want to show off, stop. You want to throw out your thou's only when you pray? Come on now. All right? You, you, know, you know, some of us, we know that when we pray... You're trying too hard right now, my guy. <laughs> it's like, I wonder why. You know, you're trying way too hard. Guys, no. We have a father we pray to. And so that's an important word. We're not only supposed to pray. Well, the, the first type of prayer Jesus criticizes is hypocritical praying. We got to mean it. And he should be our focus, not ourselves. And the other kind of prayer that Jesus now is going to criticize is pagan prayers. That's the other uh, kind of praying that Jesus says, don't pray like this. You want to see it? Let's look at it. Hebrews I'm sorry, Matthew. Keep on saying Hebrews. Matthew chapter 6. Let's look at the next verse. After he talked about hypocritical praying, now in verse 7 and 8 he says this. When you pray, don't. Here's another negative. Don't babble like the Gentiles. Don't babble like the Gentiles. Since they imagine that they will be heard by their many words. Don't be like them. Because your Father knows the things you need before you even ask. Now, it's an interesting one. So not only do we have Jesus and the Holy Spirit praying perfect prayers for us, but he already knows what I'm going to ask before I ask it. So why bother asking? Hmm? Don't worry. Slow down. I got you. Wait a few more minutes. But here's the thing. Let's look at this. What does he mean by pagan praise? 
Because now he said Gentiles. Gentiles is a word meaning non-Jews, but it also just means like non-believers, okay? So how can you, how do I <clears throat> pray like a Gentile? Well, first off, here's, here's the idea. Um, first off, the babbling and the repetitiveness. Jesus is not saying, he's not criticizing repetitive prayers, okay? I don't know if you've ever done one of those and sometimes you're just praying, Lord, can you help me, help me. Help me. Like, that's all you know how to say right now is just help me. There's nothing wrong with praying that kind of repetitive prayer that you mean it. In fact, you guys know that Jesus in the garden prayed the same prayer three times. So Jesus repeated prayers. And so it's okay to repeat things. That's not wrong. But you don't repeat things almost like, all right, God, you didn't hear me the first time. So let me say it again. Do you hear me now? No. Can you hear me now? I used to do that with my mom, drove her nuts, okay? Because I'm, um, I have a, a pet peeve when people aren't paying attention to me. So you know the fact that I've never gone off and popped off on any of y'all at any moment is God's grace because you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand. It is, I, it is, I boil inside when people don't pay attention, all right? And so it is Holy Spirit that holds me back. But listen to this. Now some of y'all are like, oh, oh I watch. Listen, but anyways. I used to try to get my mom's attention. She wouldn't, she wouldn't pay attention to me. I was like, mom, 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 mom. I know some of you are, listen, no, I was the worst. I didn't just repeat it. I sang it. Mommy, 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 mommy. I sang it. Because listen, I'm like, Pay attention to me. That's all I was trying to do. I was like, say, pay attention to me. It's like, what? I'm hungry. All right? I don't know. It's like something, something, something stupid. But thing is, you and I are not, so there's nothing wrong with repeating prayers. Just know that God, it's not like God, oh, my bad, you, you, you were talking? You know, that's not it at all. Remember, God already knows. So we don't have to get his attention like that. But the babbling is an interesting one too. Babbling literally means non-words, sounds, sounds. Some people argue like saying, well, you know, could that be, could, that, some people use this as a, as a negative argument for don't pray in tongues because, you know, praying in tongues is just a bunch of babble. It's just a bunch of nonsense. It's just a bunch of stuff. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I do believe there, there, I, I believe that there are some people that God gives the Holy Spirit the, the gift to do that. Um, I do believe that a lot of people think that they're praying in tongues and they're really babbling and they think that this is, oh, if I start, I'm leveling up now, here I go. Stop. Okay. You know, you just can't get a gift you don't got. All right. So let me just leave it at there. But um, the babbling is just non-vocal words. And guys, here's another thing. Sometimes, sometimes prayer can just be a cry. Have you ever prayed and sometimes maybe your prayer was just, you know, and you're just like, and you're just crying and it's just sounds that are coming out, not words. That's okay. That's praying too. You know, that's what Romans says. That sometimes our prayers are just groans that are non-verbal, not words. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about pagan praying is this idea that treats God like a genie. Let me pray a certain way and let me say it in a kind of way to make sure that my prayers are heard and answered. Notice Jesus says they pray in this way, babbling, and they pray in this way with repetitive words, imagining that that's how God hears them. And so the thing is, guys, is God is not a genie that if you pray a kind of way, you know, you pray a kind of way and you rub the lamp right, now you get your wishes. That's pagan praying. That's not how believers are called to pray. You don't just pray thinking you're going to move God by your phrases and this and that. It's not. 
Instead, we're comparing a genie with who? A father. A father who knows. By the way, have you noticed? I think this is the third time that Jesus is saying when you pray to your father, when you pray your father, when you pray your father. And then interesting when Jesus says, pray like this, heavenly. It's anchored there. Look at that. The idea of who you're praying to, your father. And so the idea, guys, is this. Listen, God does not hear your prayers if, because you pray good prayers. That's not what he's trying to say here. Some people think, well, if God, I need to pray a really good prayer for God to hear me. No, God does not hear you because your prayers are good. God hears you because he's a good father. Do you see the difference? You don't have to earn his approval. You don't have to pray in a way that makes you, that you want to impress God to say, oh, can I get what I want now? No, he doesn't hear your prayers because you pray good prayers. He prays, he, he hears your prayers because he's a good father. He already knows before you ask. And so guys, that's a beautiful reminder for us. So for some of you that have to pray in public, stop being so self-centered. Because if you don't want to pray in public, it's because you think, well, I'm, I don't know how to pray. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to sound really stupid. We all sound stupid. You think even the perfect person, you know, again, we just said it a minute ago. The person, oh, I wish I could pray like that. Jesus would probably call that person out. I mean, that might, they may be somebody that, oh, yeah, they're really good because, but I ain't going to lie. You, you know how you get better at praying? Praying. Okay. You get better at praying by praying. If you don't pray, it's like, yo, go run a mile right now. It's like, bro, I, I barely do a brisk walk, you know? Well, how are you going to get to the point that you could sprint? You got to get there, right? And so you get better at praying with praying. But I want you to understand that God, you don't have to worry about giving good prayers, impressing God. He's your father. You don't have to, if you believe in him, if you've received him as your heavenly father, as your savior, you got me? So that's the practice of prayer, the posture of prayer. But now let me add, this is the, this is the one that I've been teasing all day. The purpose of prayer. What is the purpose of prayer? All right. All right. Jesus is teaching us how to pray. Got it. He's doing this. He's doing that. He teaches us how to pray. Why bother? If Jesus is praying perfect prayers for me and the Holy Spirit's praying perfect prayers for me and he already knows what I'm going to say before I ask it, then why pray? Well, here it is. I'm going to give you two things that are for the purpose of prayer. Number one, the purpose of prayer is to worship God's nature and character. That is the primary purpose for prayer. Notice what's not on the screen there, guys, what you're seeing there. You know what's not on there? What you need. Now, there's a place for that. There's a place for what you need. We're going to talk about that. We're going to break up the Lord's Prayer over the next, like, uh, six weeks or so. So there's a time and a place and a way that you should pray for your needs. But when you prioritize and understand that the purpose of prayer is to worship God for who He is. Some of you think, all right, maybe worshiping is just singing. No, singing can be worship, but not all singing is worship. Okay? Guys, we're worshiping now by looking at his word. To worship God is to pray, it's to sing, it's to speak, it's to listen, it's to ponder. To, pray, to worship is to love one another. That is how we worship God. It is not just our songs. It is more than that, you know? And so when we pray, guys, I want you to understand that our prayers should be the purpose of praying is to, right here, the purpose of praying is to worship God's nature and character irony that Jesus says, pray in this way, our heavenly father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know that word. You know what hallowed means? Praise. Word, like you're spending our, you know, moments remembering God who you are. 
When we pray, we should, when you pray, you worship. When you worship, you pray. That's what it is. And here's the thing, guys. Here's the shocking thing. When you put God and the worship of God and his nature and character, when you prioritize that in your prayer, um, the rest of your priorities are given a better perspective. You start praying for your needs a little differently after you look at God. Sometimes we spend so much time looking at our needs and we think, this is what I need, this is what I need, this is what I need. God, can you help me with this? Can you help me with this? Can you help me with this? But when you just turn your eyes away from everything and you just pray and worship and worship and pray, and then when you look back at your needs, you're like, oh, okay, well, can you help me with this and that? You just realize all that other stuff is, okay, I was just being a little extra right now, my bad. Guys, when you pray with worshiping as the priority, God helps you to put everything else into better place. It matters. So here it is. The, the purpose of prayer is not just to worship God's nature and character. Here's the other side of the coin. It's to change your nature and character. That's why we pray. Why do we pray if God already knows? Why, why say something if he already knows what I'm going to say? Because when you pray in this way, you don't change God. You don't change your circumstances. The purpose of changing, oh, does prayer change anything? It's supposed to change you. Prayer is supposed to change you. That's why you pray. Well, I'm not growing in my faith and I'm not growing and I'm maturing. Do you pray? No. There you go. There you go. All right? Prayer is supposed to change you. Why? Because when we pray in Jesus' name, it's a regular reminder. Not in my name. In your name. When you pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. You are asking God to change you on earth. What earth? Yeah, in the world, but guess who's a part of it? You. You're made of earth. So it's, Lord, change. Let let your will be done. Change me. That's what worship does. Worship, we worship God because he has changed us. But the more we worship God, it changes us even more into his likeness, into his character. It changes us when we pray. This is why you should pray. Why you should pray more. In fact, I love the way J.C. Riley says this. Prayer will either consume sin in you or the sin will choke prayer. Prayer will either choke out sin in your life or sin will choke out prayer. Why? Because praying is your lifeline to God. It's your communication. It's your relationship. You cut off the communication, you're on your own now. You're easy to take out. Now you're not doing everything in his name and in his power. You're doing it in your name, in your power, in your wisdom. And then you think you're praying, but you're not, you know. It's, it's like, see what I'm saying, guys? It matters. It's supposed to change us. And when, here's the, let me put this this way, guys. You're going to change no matter what. So if you pray, and you pray the right way according to how God, not in so much the words, but in the heart. If you learn to pray in the right way, God changes you to be more like him. But if you don't pray, you're going to be changed to be more unlike him. You're going to change no matter what. Which option are you going to have? Do you want to be more like Christ or less? Well, pray. Because if you don't, that's what you're going to get. That's what you're going to get. Uh, J.C. Raw, I, I love, he has so many good quotes on, on, on prayer. He had this another one I was going to say. There is everything on God's part to make prayer easy if men would only attempt it. Listen to that. Guys, again, has, do you have to, you don't have to pray fancy prayers or this or that or pray four times, three times a day. You don't got a quota of praying that you have to do for God to be able to say, okay, now you're worthy of me listening to you. Now, no, he has done everything for us. 
so that all we have to do is open our mouth and open our heart and speak. It's, it is that simple. It is, we complicate this way too much. God has made everything possible for prayer to be easy if we would only try. And that's my challenge to us is that you try. So here's kind of like the bottom line that I want you guys to grab onto this, okay? I want you to see this. I want you to see prayer with this understanding. Prayer shows our spiritual pulse, all right? Prayer shows our spiritual pulse, right? When they had to run at uh, Hamlin, the, 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 the football player, he got hurt. What did they do? They had to check his pulse, okay? He's not, he's not alive. He's not this. What do we got to do, right? Obviously, if you don't have a pulse, are you alive? No, okay? And if your pulse is kind of erratic, right, things are going to be erratic in your life. It means something's wrong. Well, guys, I want you to see prayer as your pulse. How often is your pulse going? All the time, right? All the time. This is why scripture always says, pray without stopping, pray without ceasing. What does that mean? I'm going to explain that. But the idea, guys, is this, is that if you don't have, if there's no prayer in your life, there's no spiritual pulse in your life. You got to see prayer as a pulse. Look at it. How often? It is an important thing that we are called to do. Prayer shows our spiritual pulse. And I want you to understand how you view God, and I'm sorry, how you view prayer, you should view prayer, and how God views prayer. You know, I know how God views prayer? Here's what it is. God views prayer in this way. When it comes to prayer, God says prayer is an expectation. It's not a suggestion. Prayer is an expectation, not a suggestion. Did you notice that God never said in Matthew, hey, if you pray, don't pray like this. If you pray, pray like that. In Luke, he says, well, if you pray, pray like this. What did Jesus say? He didn't say if. He said when. You know what when means? When you pray. That means Jesus says, I expect you to pray. I expect you to pray. When you pray, pray like this. When you pray, pray like this. So this is a good question, guys. When do you pray? When do you pray? That's a good question to ask. When do you pray? We talked about when Jesus prayed all the time for different everything, guys. And I want you to ask, you know, sometimes people would ask me this question. Hey, should I pray about this? Should I pray about that? Let me just answer this one once and for all so you know how to answer this. Ready? Pray for anything, anywhere. Okay? That's it. Everything. Should I? Yes. Okay? Should I pray? Yes. Should, yes. Okay? Just pray. All right? That's, that's what matters It's just pray. Pray, pray, pray. God sees it as an expectation. Did you see that he says, your father who's in secret is waiting. There is an expectation on the heart of God to say, oh, I can't wait for my kids to come talk to me. You know, I can't wait for my kids to come talk to me. R.C. Sproul once said this, one might pray and not be a Christian, but you cannot be a Christian and not pray. You cannot be a Christian and not pray. Because it is an expectation. This isn't a suggestion. When you pray. Now, that's how God views prayer. So how should you view prayer? Now, I gave you that idea of a pulse, but I want you to view prayer in this way. I think it could be helpful. Prayer is a privilege and a process. Prayer is a privilege and a process. Guys, can you just pause for a minute and think about what you do when you pray? What's happening? Um, I've heard it said that uh, when you pray... If you don't know what to pray, just re- when you do this, when you pray, remember who you're talking to. I think that's why God says at the very beginning, pray like this, Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. Remember who you're talking to before you start talking to him. When you pray, guys, to God, who are you talking to? 
You're just talking, you're not talking to a God. What are you talking to? The one true God. Heavenly Father. He's a father. Who else is he? He's the king of kings. Lord of lords. Creator of the universe. How dare you just run up on him and say, Hey, daddy-o. All right, here's what I need. All right, I need this, 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 this. Uh, I'd appreciate it by this afternoon, right? Yo, if Amazon can give me 24-hour delivery, right? You're good, right? All right, see you next time. Until next time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right? Listen. Remember who you're talking to. You ever had your parent tell you that? When you came up sideways with them and said, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to like that? Who are you talking to with that attitude? Who are you talking to like that? It's important when we know to pray. Who are you talking to? I am talking to the one who gave his life for me so that I can dare live. I'm praying to the one who shed his blood on the cross and, and received the punishment for my sins so that I could not die and live and have life. I'm praying to the one who has given me his Holy Spirit to be my comforter and guide so that I'm never alone. I am praying to God Almighty, all-knowing, all-loving. It's important to remember who you're praying, know who you're praying to. I'm sorry, let me say it better. Who are you praying to? Know who you're praying to. And know who's praying, which is you. Who are you? Him. And so there should be that humility there. Guys, it's a privilege to pray. Some of you look at it as, ugh, I gotta pray. It's a chore. It's a problem. Prayer is not a problem. It's a privilege. Listen, you get to hold audience with the king of kings, regardless of who you are. If, you've a, if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, when you pray, you get to hold an audience with the king. And he is never too busy. He doesn't leave you waiting. You have access now to that very throne of grace. Now. It's a privilege to pray. Jesus, because of what he did for us on the cross, made it possible for us to pray the way that we do. It is a privilege. But it's also a process. Guys, um, experience, you can't learn experience in a book, correct? You can't learn experience in a book. How do you learn experience? By doing it, by trying. How do you learn how to pray? By praying. Guys, it's a process. Some of you may, you know, you may look at somebody else, man, they pray with so much power. They pray with so much this. They, and they, let's say they're sincere. I guarantee you if somebody's praying with more power and you just feel it different, I guarantee you that person prays more than you and they spend more time in God's word more than you because you, that's just how it works. This is how it works. So don't, don't compare yourself. God's not out there saying, wow, wow. Come on, man. Pobrecito. Oh, my gosh. You know. All right. Nice try. Oh, so cute. Okay, next. He doesn't think like that. So don't look so low on yourself. Pray. It's a privilege to pray. So when we pray constantly, guys, I love the way Don, Donald Whitney said. He says, prayer is a constant conversation with God filled with frequent interruptions. You know, have you ever been on the phone with somebody and you're on the phone and drive, you know, you're driving like, wait, hold on a second, wait, wait, don't go anywhere, don't go anywhere, okay? All right, cool. All right, can I get a number five with a, and you hear them like giving their order over the phone, right? And they're like, can I get a number five with a large Coke? All right, cool, thank you. All right, 19.95, got it. Man, it's expensive, okay. Hey, you still there? All right, cool. All right, so what were you saying? You ever done one of those? You ever had one of those conversations with somebody? Me and Alicia, we were super corny. We, you know, we did the typical, you know, all the puppy love stuff. And we're on the phone. And we're so, 
So what are you doing? I don't know. What are you doing? I don't know. You know, you're going to fall asleep? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. You, you hang up. No, you hang up. That's stupid stuff, right? And so, right? And we would even go super extra and we would fall asleep with the phone on, right? And I'm like, all right, so thank God I wasn't snoring. All right, I didn't snore. She didn't snore. That'd be weird. But if we were that extra, we'd just leave the phone on the hook. Guys, think of praying like that. Prayer is you got the line open with God all the time, but hey, I got to work. I got to do this. I got to tend to the kids. I got to do that. You still there? Yeah, you are. Okay. That's what prayer is. It is keeping God on the line. It is, it's filled with frequent interruptions. It's okay. But remember, he's on the line. He, and you don't leave him waiting. Don't leave him waiting. Hang in there. So if I, if I challenge you guys, um, if I can give you one uh, actually a practical thing. Try this for this week. It's 2023. So some of you, maybe you don't realize how little you pray. I dare some of you to pray for 23 minutes uninterrupted in 2023. Try doing that. Try to pray with 23 minutes uninterrupted. Put a timer. Put your phone down. Don't look at the clock. Just pray. You're going to have a lot of awkward conversations. And you're going to realize, wow, I actually don't pray as long as I, as long as I think. And so do it. I challenge you. I challenge you guys. God expects us to pray. But again, don't forget, it is a privilege and a process. God reached down. Think about this. God reached down to love us. And he's made it possible for us to reach up to him. He came down to us in love. And we, through prayer, have an opportunity to reach up to him. So if you've prayed the kind of prayers that Jesus said don't pray, well, you can pray right now and say, Lord, forgive me. I didn't realize how selfish and self-centered I was. I thought I had to impress you. I thought that's what, I thought that's who you were, and it's not. But if you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, I want you to know, when should you pray? Today. Because you don't know when you're going to get another opportunity to pray. You don't know when you're going to get another opportunity to be able to call on his name and say, Lord, will you forgive me of my sins? If you have never put your life in, in trust in Christ, pray today that very thing. And there's no fancy prayers. I know there's sometimes, have you ever wondered why I don't do those, by the way, at the end of services? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Because just because you repeated what a pastor said doesn't necessarily mean that was your prayer, that you meant it. And so, and it doesn't matter. There's no magic formula. Just pray. If your prayer is, God, help me, I need you, forgive me, fill me, whatever, just pray and you call on his name and trust in him and confess that Christ is Lord. Receive the forgiveness of your sins. God always answers those prayers when you pray sincerely. And if you are a believer, when should you pray? All day. All day. Because here's the thing. Every time you pray, you are reminded of how great God is. When you pray, you ought to be reminded of who he is. And the more you pray, the more God does a great work in us and through you. 